Joe Biden is losing support from his own party. And why is Nancy Pelosi making trouble with China? I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. Download and subscribe to my daily podcast to hear me get right into the news of the day. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Chews. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Chews for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats Chews an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. This is going to raise more questions, in my opinion. We need to let this play out and see exactly what happens, but we should all have been stunned and surprised and shocked at what happened yesterday. The real question is, A, what is the Federal, Federal uh, Records Act? And, and B, what are we talking about? It, it, ha- it has to be something of incredible magnitude yeah. for at least my side of the aisle to say that was, that was warranted. With, without that, I think we're going to find ourselves in a very big mess yeah. as it relates to the credibility of the FBI. Well, So last night, that was Tim Scott that you just heard, by the way. Uh, And man, we are dealing with, this is just wild. I'm still kind of in shock about all of it, to be honest with you. Welcome to the show. Dana Lash here with you. We got a lot of stuff to discuss today, clearly. It's a nutty, it's a nutty day. I was actually on Fox last night. I was getting ready. We were going to be talking about taxes, right? Going to be talking about the IRS and everything else. And um, this, what ended up happening is right as I was getting mic'd, the story broke of Mar-a-Lago being raided. And I thought, what in the world? Like, how is this happening? How is Mar-a-Lago being raided right now? What did this, because this, you know, we, everything that they've done up until this point, and by they, I mean, you know, the left, Everything that they've done up until this point uh, is, has been just um, all, like, it's theater. It's entirely all theater. And then this happened. So I had just, I had only seen, when I went on Fox yesterday, the only thing I saw was actually the, uh, the, the first statement from the president. I didn't see I hadn't seen anything else. We knew no other information. We knew nothing. And I said on Jesse Waters yesterday that if Democrats or not Democrats, but it's, the, it's kind of the same thing, right? If the left, if Mayor Garland, if these people don't indict him like within days and have, you know, something serious, This is going to be a very dangerous gamble for them. This is going to get incredibly dangerous because you are 
dealing with the politicization of the DOJ and the FBI consistently. And I think people are kind of there at their breaking point. I also think in some you know regards, I'm like, are people being baited? Because it kind of feels like it. We're going to talk about that here a little bit later. Welcome to the nationally syndicated radio show. If you're watching the simulcast on YouTube, etc., that's the simulcast of the radio show. The I'm going to break this down because at first we we found all about this. Literally, it was like 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, and I'm going to get into the Merrick Garland. There's I have a million things to unpack for you. The FBI agents raided. They walked out with 15 boxes. We have no idea what the warrant states. And I want to make that incredibly clear. No single person who's talking about this knows what's in the warrant. Not a single damn person. And that is incredibly important. The reason why it's incredibly important is because we have no idea what the warrant pertains to. I mean, everyone's speculating. Is it J6? Is it just the uh, classified documents as it relates to National Archives, etc.? I mean, we just we really just have no clue. We we don't know. That will be made, they have to make that public, and that, I think, will find some of that out. I want to unpack all of this before I play, you know, any other thing here, because there's a lot. The news as to what happened was apparently broken to Trump by his son, Eric Trump. He was the person who apparently had to tell his dad, look, this is, this is what, this is what's up, this is what happened, there are agents there in Mar-a-Lago. They're going through everything, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He was the one who broke the news to his dad. I mean, that's, that's what he had said. I think he went on Fox later that evening and said something as much. So all of this goes on. The president, at first, it was thought that he was in Bedminster, but I think he was actually at Trump Tower, wasn't he? I think it was reported, not that it matters, but it, the point is, is that he wasn't at Mar-a-Lago. So, I have one major question right now. And I'm going to talk to, we're talking to our friend Ian McCarthy coming up here after headlines. My first major question is why now? That's my first big question, is why now? Why now? Let me go through quickly what, and I'm going to break down each of these further. We don't know who this raid actually benefits. And the reason I say that is because the Miami Herald had actually reported earlier that Trump had already been working with the feds on this about had already been in discussions with them about this, about any documents that may be classified that were at Mar-a-Lago. The point of that is that A raid is usually the last-ditch effort, not the first response. He was not ever subpoenaed. There, nothing that we, he was never subpoenaed. Hillary Clinton was repeatedly subpoenaed. Her associates were repeatedly subpoenaed. I don't, I mean, Kane, correct me if I'm wrong, but in all of the stuff that I've looked at, there was no subpoena of Trump or anything relating to these documents, correct? So why the raid? That's the why the that's why the raid was so shocking. I looked into this. I mean the 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 uh, Miami Herald piece. They were explaining exactly what 
you know, what was going on. They had said that, and, and they also included that there, there was, apparently Trump was, you know, discussing this with people. So he was cooperating with the federal government regarding any, docu- any documents, which is why this, again, is shocking. So why the raid? Why now? It's just, there were no subpoenas, there was no nothing. I, I mean, we don't, and I don't know of any, if there were any phone calls or anything else back channel. I just know that there weren't any subpoenas that I've been able to see. And we're going to, again, talk to Andy McCarthy about all of this stuff. The other thing is that this was signed off on the highest levels. Merrick Garland absolutely knew about this. FBI Director Chris Ray knew about this. I mean, Miranda Devine is a really good piece this today in the New York Post. And, or actually two days ago. He was speaking before the Senate, and he was mad because he, he, he uh, needed to go. He wanted to get on a jet on the FBI's private Gulfstream 550. And Chuck Grassley was pleading with him to stay an extra 20 minutes. And Ray was, he just, he wanted to get out. He, he, was, he, was, he was there for three and a half hours. He wanted to jet. There were still a lot of other questions. I don't know why, they, why he was even allowed to leave. But you also have Republicans who aren't controlling these committees, so, you know, they don't get to make that determination. So he left. Joe Biden left. Interesting. He comes out of his 16-day quarantine and goes right the hell to South Carolina to the beach to go on vacation. Let's get everybody out of D.C. Everybody knew about this. I don't believe a single damn report that nobody knew. It had to be signed off on the highest level, which is another thing. Why was this before a magistrate judge? That was the other thing that apparently came out. Why was this before a magistrate judge? Because that means it, I mean, it had to kick up to, it had, this had to kick up to the highest level. Now, we know that Miami Herald was saying that Trump had been cooperating with the feds, which is why the raid was shocking, that it was signed off on the highest levels. Even Andrew Cuomo thought this was dangerous. I'm going to get to all that. I will, I want to add this too. I've seen this so many times, this argument that, well, you know, you can't have classified documentation. You can't have classified documents, you know, in your house. The president the president also has the authority to declassify things. And I think that that's one of the things that's we because we don't know the nature of the warrant. And we do we really they didn't examine any of the the evidence there at the, on site. They just took it. And apparently they cracked a safe Geraldo style and there was nothing in it, according to Eric Trump. But. I mean, the president of the United States can declassify things. Is that a case in this situation? I mean, we really don't know. It's all speculation at this point. But any comparison to Sandy Berger is one of the stupidest damn things I've ever seen. And I'm really tired of history ignorant people making it. And I think they should be publicly shamed because I'm done. This just absolutely just is the turd in the punch bowl of real legitimate discussion. It really is. The whole thing was Sandy Berger. If you guys don't remember, Sandy Berger was a Clinton toady. This dude legit went into the National Archives. He also wasn't president of the United States. He legitimately was part of the Clinton, part of the Clinton administration. And he went into the National Archives reading room before he went to testify before the uh, before the 9-11 commission. And he stole five classified copies of a single report from Richard Clark about assessments of how Clinton handled the uh, Millennium attack plot. He literally shoved them in his pants and his socks and then shuffled out of the National Archives. I mean, that's, that's stealing. 
These are things that we're in. This is not even comp. This is not even comparable. We're going to talk about that with Andy McCarthy also. But can I make one huge point for all of the chance of lock her up and everything else? Trump never had anybody raid Hillary Clinton. And the argument about classified material. This is more. I mean, we don't know. We're speculating. I really want to emphasize that point. But can we just discuss the precedent for a moment? Because Hillary Clinton absolutely had classified materials. She was subpoenaed repeatedly. After being subpoenaed, somehow 33,000 emails that were classified disappeared. Pretty amazing. But she was never raided. She was never charged. In fact, her surrogates who lied to the FBI and it was discovered that they did never received the charge that Mike Flynn did for not, not even lying to the FBI. He just didn't remember. There's a precedent of unequal application. Some people are more special before the law than others, apparently. Now, one of the other things to hit, and again, I'm going to unpack each of these more in depth, is there's a talking point going around, and I I believe that Democrats do not want Trump to run again ever. I totally believe that. But I, I also want to put it in context. I saw a lot of discussion about USC 2071. Now, USC 2071 gets into whether or not concealment, removal, or mutilation generally of any kind of documentation, classified documentation, etc. And what it says, it's a, it's, it's a statute, uh, subsection B discuss, t- talks about how if anybody conceals, removes, etc., etc., you know, such information they actually can never run for office. And that's what a lot of people are citing as applicable to Trump. Uh, But the way that I understand it, because this was something that came about with Hillary Clinton prior, and there was a really interesting libertarian kind of authored New York Times piece that had discussed this at the time. The Constitution actually sets, uh, you know, in, in terms of statute, who can run and who can't not this. And so that's inapplicable here. So that's something we're going to dive down deeper into. But I mean, it's unprecedented for a number of reasons. So coming up, we have headlines. We're going to talk to Annie McCarthy, the whole a judge signed a warrant, though, argument that I've seen pushed by Andrea Mitchell and everybody else who is promoting this, who's promoting that the legitimacy of whatever the hell this is that we're seeing. We have a mill. It's a busy pack show. I'm going to try to get to everything here. This is just the beginning of it. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188. Or text DANA to 9 Nine nine eight eight nine nine. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text DANA to 998899. 
CPAC Chairman Matt Schlapp explains why firing Nancy Pelosi and winning the midterms needs to be our white-hot focus, or 2024 might not even matter. I'm Bill Walton. On the latest edition of The Bill Walton Show, Matt and I also discuss how a small number of leftists are ruining our corporations and institutions and why conservative ideas are better because they work and they make us happy. Follow The Bill Walton Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. The brain is not meant to be awake after midnight, says some stupid study that I'm never going to listen to. It's the Mass General Research Institute. They say they're... Now, some people say that nothing good ever happens at midnight, but Mass General Research Institute say there may be scientific evidence to back up that claim. They have a new hypothesis that the human brain's not meant to be awake at midnight. They said it leads to more impulsive behavior, like high-risk decisions, drinking, overeating. You know what? That's just like correlation. That's not causation. You know, people who stay up after midnight, there's a tendency for some people who do the drinking, gambling, or overeating to do so. But there are a lot of other people who stay up late that don't do the drinking, gambling, or overeating. So this isn't scientific. It's stupid. Moving on. Getting more sun can reduce your risk of developing harmful inflammation. That puts people at an increased risk of diabetes and heart disease, according to a study. Well, duh. We all knew this. This is why I'm like all the people who, who say, stay out of the sun forever and don't get any sun. Shut up. You want us all to get rickets. Shut up. Uh, moving on. <laughs> can you tell the mood I'm in today? I just, uh, Dude, it was like a stress test last night. It's like, oh, the story's breaking. And I'm mic'd up like, well, I don't even know what's going on. Uh, let's see. Schools apparently spent millions of fault of millions on faulty COVID scanners. You know those little like uh, little thermometers that you can just like point at somebody's. Okay, apparently a bunch of them didn't work, and we spent eleven dollars, eleven million dollars on it. Yay! Axios is selling itself to Cox Enterprises for five hundred twenty-five million dollars. That's not at all going to affect your day, except Axios may have a little bit better content. That's about it. And David McCullough passes away, age 89, a legendary historian. And Olivia Newton-John, America's sweetheart, a.k.a. Sandy, also at 73. Stick with us. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. It's news from South Florida tonight that the FBI has has searched the home of the former president. Yeah, well, I know nothing about it other than what I've read, like everybody else. So I think it's wise for me to withhold comment until we learn more. Well, okay. 
He's going to with, withhold comment until he, that's Senator Chuck Schumer last night when he was talking to Rachel Maddow on MSNBC. And I, I actually kind of believe that he may not have known, but I don't know about that for everyone. This is just such a wild story. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. You can listen coast to coast on affiliates across the nation, or you can watch on the simulcast aired on the first. And also uh, you can watch it on YouTube and Facebook. My first thought immediately was Andy McCarthy. He had a great piece Democrats are pressuring Merrick Garland to make an anti-Trump case he doesn't have, which sort of just, you know, helps set the stage for all of this. And, you know, Andy McCarthy, former chief assistant U.S. attorney. He's also contributing editor at National Review. And you see him also on Fox. He is a contributor. He joins us now uh, on the phone. Andy, as always, appreciate your time, my friend. Really looking forward to your expertise on this because I here's my big question. Actually, kind of I kind of have two questions. Why now? Why did this happen now? And then the other one, I understand that classified material is involved, but it just kind of seems like maybe they could have maybe issued a subpoena or a phone call. Yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts. Well, Dana, on the last bit, I think a lot of what's gone on, especially since the January 6th committee in the House ramped up their summer um, docudrama presentation Mm -hmm. in June, uh, there's been a lot more feverish activity from the Justice Department, which is under a lot of pressure from the left. They don't, you know, the Democratic base wants Trump indicted. They actually want him drawn and quartered yesterday, but I think they'll settle for an indictment. Um, And they want to know why it hasn't happened yet. And and they feel, I think, looking at um, Garland, the attorney general, like uh, he's not He's not committed enough to it. He's not energetic enough. And then they found out that he reaffirmed that advice that uh, Barr, which is just common sense advice that that Barr issued during uh, the Trump Justice Department, where he said that basically if you're going to indict a presidential candidate or investigate a presidential candidate, that's the kind of thing that the the highest level of the Justice Department, namely the attorney general, should sign off on. I would have thought everybody would have thought that was the case anyhow. So uh, that just seems like common sense to me. But once it turned out that um, Garland had seen the sense in it and had reaffirmed it, there was all kinds of hysteria about, well, he doesn't want to do the case. That's that's his uh, signal that he's not doing the Trump case. So what's happened since then, especially with all the attention, at least among the media, I don't think the rest of the country is paying this much mind, but what the media has done with the January 6th committee since then. And this goes to your point about like, you know, calling up the lawyer and saying, you know, here's a grand jury subpoena. We need uh, this information rather than doing a very intrusive search warrant. Since then, on these two lawyers, um, the the guy who was at the, the Justice Department, Jeffrey Clark mm-hmm. and John Eastman, they did a search warrant at Clark's house. 18 months after he left the Justice Department, which is supposedly tied to a Justice Department Office of Inspector General investigation into whether he violated Justice Department protocols in helping Trump or uh, colluding with Trump about possibly sending a letter out to to uh, uh, state legislatures telling them that they ought to investigate fraud, right? Um, all these months after the fact, Instead of like just they know this guy's represented by counsel, instead of saying to them, here's a search warrant, give us this information, they go to his house 
The FBI tosses it for three hours. They have him sitting out on the sidewalk in his pajamas mm-hmm. while they're, you know, while they're going through his stuff. And then that night, they brace John Eastman as he's coming out of a restaurant in New Mexico and basically briefly detain him while they take his cell phone. Again, 18 months after the fact. So that was a lot more theatric than it needed to be. And it suggested to me that they're trying, they know they're under heat from the justice, from the Democratic base to show that they're on the case with respect to January 6th and they're, and they're trying to show feverish activity. Right. But at the same time, they don't want to come out and say that Trump is a subject of a January 6th investigation because they don't think they have that yet. And that would be a very provocative thing to say. So now flash forward to this thing last night. I think they've had in their back pocket since January this business about whether he took stuff out of the White House and brought it down to Mar-a-Lago that were, were basically government property that he shouldn't have transferred. And they've known since January that some of it might have been classified, although whether it's still classified and whether he declassified it, we don't know, right? There's a lot we don't That's know key. here. Yeah. But my point is... But my point is they could have done this any time in the last eight months. But I don't think you could disconnect this from the Clark search, the Eastman search, and the fact that very with great fanfare last week, they subpoenaed Pat Cipollone mm-hmm. and Patrick Philbin from the White House Counsel's Office, which obviously implicates attorney-client privilege issues because they were the White House uh, counsel's office while Trump was president. And if the Justice Department subpoenaed them anyway, that's kind of a way of telling people that if these guys assert the attorney-client privilege, the Justice Department's going to come back and assert the, the crime fraud exception to that privilege, which means they're at least suspecting that Trump might be guilty of, of crimes or at least fraud. So I think a lot of this is I don't want to say all of it because they're clearly doing an investigation, but I think a lot of this is is unnecessary theater under circumstances where it would you could easily have proceeded by grand jury subpoena and just dealt with the lawyers. And instead, they want to show that they're aggressively conducting an investigation. Yeah, we're talking with our friend Andy McCarthy, also author of Ball of Collusion, the plot to rig an election and destroy a presidency. It kind of also sounds, I mean, it, it sort of hints at, it may be kind of a fishing expedition, too. I mean, you're going for one thing, and I mean, maybe that doesn't work in this particular case legally, but it, I mean, it does at least give that appearance, and people who, you know, might be laymen and for, and, and for legal protocol, definitely looks like that to them. Yeah, and it totally works, Dana, because just a, a quick uh, summary on how the law works in mm-hmm. this regard. Um, if I'm conducting an investigation, let's say for stolen guns. I know that they're distributing stolen guns out of an apartment, but I suspect they might also be selling drugs. I write my warrant. I know they're selling stolen guns because I have an informant who bought one. And I tell, as I write my warrant, I'm not going to say anything about drugs because I know the law is once the agents have a legitimate reason to be on the premises conducting a search and looking around, they can take anything that's obviously criminal. Yeah. So if I write my warrant that I think they're going to find a pile of cocaine in there and they don't find a pile of cocaine, I look like I don't know what I'm doing or that I don't 
know my case well enough. But if I say nothing and I get them a warrant so they can look for guns and they find cocaine on the table, they could take the cocaine. So Ooh. that that's often the way that you yeah. handle that situation. You only get the warrant for the thing you you are most confident you're going to find because you know that if the agents find other obvious criminal evidence, they can take it. Right. So in this instance, you're dealing not only with classified information, but the backdrop to this is that they say Trump violated the Presidential Records Act, which was enacted after Watergate. Up until Watergate, it used to be that the presidents were basically the custodians of the materials from their presidency. Right. But after all the controversy over Watergate and the tapes, Congress changed the law, and now presumptively things belong the, the property of the government, not the president. And they can so choose, there's always a controversy. And they can they can declassify things, but that has to be done during the tenure of president, correct? Yes, but here, here's the uh, wrinkle with that, because you know, if it wasn't <laughs> Trump, there wouldn't be wrinkles, right? Um, so, yes, he only has classification authority uh, while he's president, but there's no formal process for how that authority has to be exercised. Interesting. So, you know, there is a process that they're supposed to use. Um, if you're an agency and you want to you want to declassify a document, you have to go to every other agency that's got equity, as they put it, in the uh, in the government, uh, in the document. And then if everybody signs off, you can declassify it. And there's a regular procedure for that. The president can declassify whatever the hell he wants to declassify. He's in charge of classified information. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that says how he has to do it. You know, there are ways that we would prefer that he do it because that, that removes ambiguity and all that right. stuff. But it's going to be a I think it's going to be an interesting question if they have classified information. And if I really believe that was what this investigation was about, which I don't. But, right. It um, seems like it seems it's it, like it's 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 very much obviously related to J6, the January 6th stuff, for sure. We're, we're talking yeah. with our friend Andy McCarthy. One thing I wanted to ask you as well, and there's a lot of, you know, you know, Andy, you know better than anybody. When you have cases like this that break open into the news, everyone turns into lawyer Twitter. And it's very entertaining to watch. People are suddenly your profession. I'm sure you enjoy it. <laughs> it's funny to kind of watch it play <laughs> out. Uh, there was a lot of discussion about 18 U.S. Code 2071, whether or not, because everyone says, well, this is a, a, a way to try to prevent Trump from running. But there were, And there was a New York Times piece, I think it was this morning, that kind of explained how not necessarily because this was something that was explored with Hillary Clinton and it was found to be inapplicable because it was, I mean, it's the Constitution that lays out the framework to make that determination, not this. I wanted to get you, I wanted you to, to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think that the... Um the way this works is the Constitution lays out what the qualifications are for the presidency. Mm -hmm. And importantly, it also lays out what the disqualification is. So the Constitution says um, you have to be 35 years old or older and a natural born citizen. That's it. It doesn't say, oh, and by the way, if you've been convicted of murder, you're no good either. That's the only qualifications are the age and you have to be a natural born citizen, because oddly enough, the framers thought that the American people could be trusted not to elect, you know, mass murderers and, and <laughs> the like. Just to, what they, did, they didn't envision 2022. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly right. Exactly right. So the other thing is the Constitution also says that a president can be disqualified if 
he is impeached by the House mm. and then convicted and removed and voted to be disqualified by the Senate. So mm. the Constitution says what the qualifications are and the Constitution prescribes what the disqualification is. That cannot be changed by statute because one of the things the, the framers were very worried about was they didn't want the executive branch to be beholden to Congress. And if Congress could change the qualifications by just passing a statute, Ooh. they could control the executive branch. So they can't, it, that, there is a provision in, in the statute that you mentioned that says that if you're convicted, one of the penalties uh, is that you forfeit your right to hold public office again. But as a matter of constitutional law, that can't apply, I would say not only to the president, but it can't apply to any other office whose qualifications are prescribed by the Constitution because Congress can't change that. Yeah. All right. We're talking with Andy. Oh, sorry, Andy, go I'll right just, ahead. Just, I'll just say it would be very odd also. That's what, that's like the most minor classified information violation in the federal penal code. So it would be kind of wild if you could be convicted of like murder and seditiousness and all kinds of other <laughs> stuff and you couldn't be disqualified. But this they could get you on. Right, this they can get you on. <laughs> Our friend Andy McCarthy, one last question for you, Andy, and we appreciate your time with us today. Oh, he's and you also have a great piece at NRO where you where you discuss uh, the whole situation with uh, what we were talking about earlier, the the warrant and finding another something else illegal when you're looking for, you know, you find B and you're looking for A. The uh, what's next? Because I, I you know, my thought is that this seems so over the top and theatrical, as we were discussing, that if there isn't some kind of you know major announcement on evidence or you know indictment or something like that that comes in the next few days i feel like this horribly backfires for merrick garland it and i just i just the only thing i can do is say this is how people get more trump if they were opposed to having trump they didn't go after hillary clinton they made her the sad figure afterwards and they you know they didn't pursue it and it seems like this administration chose not to do that with Trump if they were really that afraid of him. What does come next? Well, I do think that you're right that they haven't figured out how they got Trump in the first place. And they're doing exactly the sort of things that 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 get people riled up. I mean, basically, if we haven't learned after eight years uh, that this this um, this interplay between the Justice Department and uh elections, you know, electoral politics is combustible and we should keep the Justice Department out of it. I don't know what it's going to take to to teach us that. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that is people see this. They think there's two tiers of justice. They see, you know, if you got a D after your name, you get away with everything. And, you know, uh, here they're uh, tossing Trump's house. So um, obviously that gets people riled up. But I don't here. I don't think, you know, the, the typical thing with Washington here. I don't think it's about what it's about, right? I don't think it's not about classified information. It's about January 6th. And they're trying to make a case on January 6th. You can't separate out this search from the other things they're doing to try to mobilize to make a case on January 6th. But what I would caution is that if they thought they had a strong January 6th case, they wouldn't be doing all these pretextual things. Like they don't want to come out and say Trump is a subject of the January 6th investigation. So when they investigate, you know, when they toss Trump's house, it's over classified information. When they it, when they uh, toss Clark's house, it's over 
an inspector general investigation of whether he complied with all the Justice Department regulations. But, you know, everybody knows what they're looking at is January 6th. But the fact that they're hesitant to say that is indicative of the fact that I don't think they can make a violent crime case on Trump with respect to January 6th. And if they can't, what's left is these theories of prosecution which number one would be a matter of criminalizing a frivolous legal theory, this this Eastman theory that you could um, that Pence didn't have to count the electoral right. votes. And I have to say, when I was a prosecutor, Dana, if we're going to now turn frivolous legal theories into felonies, I would have been prosecuting five or ten lawyers a day Ooh. on. Yeah, we're so, unfor- we're, I, I, we're out of time. We have to get rolling. Unfortunately, I could talk to you for a whole hour. My friend Andy McCarthy is always so generous with his time when this when this stuff happens. Andy, uh, I, I I have a feeling we're going to be talking with you. We'll be we'll be begging for more <laughs> of your time here soon. Andy McCarthy, the book Ball of Collusion, the plot to rig an election and destroy a presidency. Thank you so much, my friend. God bless. Thanks, have Dan. a great week. Thank you. We have more to come, folks, as we wrap up this first hour. More to come. Stick with us. As ransomware and other cyber attacks continue to sweep the nation, traditional antiviruses continue to fail as they cannot detect new malware and ransomware. And that's because they operate off a blacklist. And many of these antiviruses are made in the same foreign countries that the malware originates from. PCmatic is the only solution that is 100% made in America and uses proprietary whitelist technology to protect against all known and unknown cyber threats, including ransomware, malware, identity theft, and nation-state attacks. PCmatic protects homes and businesses of all sizes. PCmatic also makes your computers run faster by performing automated maintenance and system optimization. Protect your devices with an American-made cyber solution. PCmatic is just $50 for five devices for one entire year with a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Act now and receive $5 off your entire order of PCmatic protection by visiting PCmatic.com Dana. Again, to protect you and your family from ransomware, malware, and other cyber threats, visit PCmatic.com Dana. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Went a little long with Andy, but all good. It was a very good conversation. And we're going to have that up on YouTube and Facebook as well. So make sure that you check that out. And we're going to break down even all of this further. My friend Bo Snurdly, a.k.a. James Golden, he's going to be joining us later on in the show. There is, it, it seems, he has this, he made this observation. I have this feeling too. You don't want to be baited. I feel like I need to amend, like, don't bend the knee and also don't get baited. They would, I really feel like people would love to have all of this video and all of this stuff. Not saying that, you know, folks on the right would do this, but of people just like losing their minds and talking about, you know, conflict and all of this stuff. Don't give these people what they want so that they can use it to expand control. We got to outsmart them and we can do it because our brains are bigger. Second hour on the way. Don't go anywhere. We got more to break down. Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Shoes. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Shoes for years, and it's an easy 
easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Superbeats choose an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. Yeah, I mean, the, the great thing about the separation of powers is we knew nothing about that. Uh, I know only what I've been able to see for, you know, the, a couple of minutes uh, this morning on TV. So um, we just we don't know whether that's something related to what we're working on or not. And we are, uh, you know, conducting our own independent uh, investigation. Hmm. Interesting. So that is Representative Jamie Raskin saying that the January 6th committee didn't know anything about this FBI raid. Nobody believes you. Not a single damn person believes you. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here. Second hour. I can't believe the first hour is already gone. This is crazy. And I was telling you guys, and we just spoke with Andy McCarthy about a lot of the, I mean, he was even, he's always measured with his tone, but he was super measured with his tone. And it's very telling. He thinks, obviously, that this is a very serious you know, the the fact that, you know, with this, they raided a house is pretty serious. And, you know, as I was saying, I when I was going on Jesse Waters show last night, as I was getting mic'd up, that's when he put his statement out. And I had to just quickly glance at it before we went on. We didn't know anything. And I, I am amazed at how untouchable these people think they are. Now, a couple of the things that I'm going to pull up, because we were, we were I, I wanted to get into some of this thing about the judge and who, you know, the people at the highest levels, the people who knew about this. I do think it was weird that Chris Ray goes in and, you know, for like three hours of questioning and then goes off on vacation. Biden's like, you know, he goes to Kentucky and then he's going to go, he's going to be going to South Carolina for his vacation. I'm glad he at least went to Kentucky to, to view the flooding. He hasn't previously, so I'm, I'm glad he did. The judge who approved this raid, he was a federal magistrate, so this had to go all the way up. He, now this is what, it's everywhere, and it's true. The guy's name is, is Bruce Reinhardt. He was the guy who signed off on the warrant that allowed federal agents to converge on the, on the palatial South Florida state. It's on New York Post, says it. One of my favorite talking points yesterday was from people like Andrea Mitchell and all of these other Democrat surrogates who were saying, but, you know, I mean, a judge signed off on this, so it's serious. You know, a judge signed off on this, but a judge, though, signed off on it. Dana, judge signed off on it. A judge signed off on it? Really? I'm, I'm, I, who, I, I had the original tweet from um, Andrea Mitchell. A judge signed off on it. Yes, the judge signed off, and it's super serious. I mean, they had to sign a warrant. The judge did. Judge uh, didn't um, didn't a judge named Rosemary Collier, who was on the FISA court, also sign off on a warrant that used fraudulent info and completely just didn't go through the entire ver- protocol to verify the evidence being used to substantiate the warrant and spied on four different times. Carter Page. Uh, an American citizen and didn't an FBI agent named Kevin Kleinsmith get convicted of uh, editing a CIA email that he, he removed the exculpatory information because they were trying to make the case that 
Carter Page was a compromised asset for Russia. And the CIA literally wrote Kevin Kleinsmith an email saying, um, in fact, the guy has literally been an asset for us against Russia for the past, like, you know, however many years. And they, that that hurt his case. So he literally removed that and included that was the evidence that they submitted brought before the Pfizer, the FISA court. And that's what they used to get the warrant. I mean, the guy was convicted. He's on. He got a wrist slap. He's on probation. I mean, that's that's this is crazy. So, uh, no, you can't use that argument. You can't use that argument. Obama judges for Obama's side. I mean, when you look at getting uh, wiretaps for the Associated Press for their phones, a judge signed off on that for Barack Obama. A judge signed off on surveillance for James Rosen. I mean, so don't sit here and give me the whole a judge signed off on it. I love these people who act like they're so edgy by railing against the system every other day of the week. But on this day, because it's convenient for them politically, they can't suck up to it hard enough. Well, a judge signed off on it. Tell me about. Yeah, tell me. I'm laughing at you and Rosemary Collier. Tell me how a judge signed off on it. Going back to that really quickly. Remember, the court actually had to admit that the warrants against the warrants against Carter Page were invalid. They had a secret ruling earlier in, and this was uh, January 2020. Sean Davis wrote how the order from the FISA, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, it was initially issued on January 7, 2020. It was declassified and released like a year later. And it showed that Judge James Boasberg, the current federal judge presiding over the FISA court, wrote in his order that two of the four FISA applications, at least, in fact, they discovered later all four were, unlawfully authorized there was a separate inspector general report for the agency that was quite in depth and it discovered that the government absolutely did not have probable cause that page was acting as an agent of a foreign power because see here's the thing fisa there's there's a firewall that's supposed to exist there fisa the law regulating this states that american citizens cannot be secretly spied on by the u.s government when you don't have probable cause and you can't uh, you can't try to loop them into an investigation by saying that you're you're looking at, you know, a, a foreign agent and then kind of tie them up. And I mean, there's there's they're very careful about this. And this is what essentially they burned down. I mean, they literally argued the FBI, you know, Bruce Ower, who was married to Nellie Ower, who worked at Fusion GPS, who was hired by Perkins Coie as a middleman for the DNC and Hillary Clinton they laundered discredited oppo that even the fbi wouldn't and couldn't validate through the press and then use that those those pieces as probable cause to get a warrant on an innocent american because it was a political hit and they found that none of none of the warrants were actually valid and then you had kevin kleinsmith that literally doctored an email from the cia and it omitted the exculpatory information that Page was not acting as an agent of a foreign power. He was a CIA asset against a foreign power so that they could spy on him. That application was personally signed by James Comey. The invalid June 20th, and that was the, the uh, three of the April 7th, June, and there was like another one. And then the June 29th application was signed by Andrew McCabe. The IG said they should be criminally prosecuted. 
Everybody gets a wrist slap. Hillary Clinton can take, have a secret hard drive and secret emails and, and just share and accept classified information. And all the times that Trump said, lock her up, he never raided her. There's the difference between Democrats and Republicans if you want one. No, the whole, a judge signed off on it is garbage. A judge signed off on it, really? Or it's like Sandy Berger. It's not. Sandy Berger went into the National Archives, as we talked about last hour, took classified documents and shoved them in his socks and pants. He was neither ever A, president, or B, ever had the power to declassify anything. That's completely such a, 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 a specious comparison. Here's the thing, though. I think some Democrats are seeing, oh, boy. I can't even believe Andrew Cuomo said this is dangerous. He and some others are out there. And Andrew Cuomo, he's like, this is going to be viewed as a political tactic. It is. If you, if you, here's the thing. And I mentioned this with Andy McCarthy. After Hillary Clinton lost horribly, miserably again, I mean, they could have gone and persecuted her. I mean, they did. There was, you know, brought her for hearings and all this other stuff. They could have persecuted her. Could have done all that. They didn't. But she just kind of, you know, languished away. Nothing ever happened. And ended up being even more inconsequential, I think, than she was when she lost. They could have done the same thing with Trump. If they were so scared of Trump running, they could have done this. And they didn't. They decided that they got to keep going at him, keep going at him. They're going to make it to where he's got to run. Now, here's, can I put on my speculation? I want to go back to this judge. I have a theory. Not really, I mean, it's a light theory, but I just, you know, I have some thoughts. Is this a way to push Trump first, A, into announcing maybe a run before midterms as a way to like trigger him and push him to angrily announce before midterms so that they could change the landscape of the election and maybe give themselves a little more momentum? Or is it a move by the Biden folks to push him into running because the only way that Biden could ever at least going by the polls, the only way that he's competitive is if Trump runs. I mean, that's, you can like Trump and also acknowledge that because that the Democrats who are so insane, that's the only way that they can think of voting for Trump or for voting for Biden again. I don't know. It's just interesting. So this judge, and there was a great piece in the New York Post. There's also something in the New York Times on this as well. There's a couple of things. He, um, Fox has written about it, Beacon, Bruce Reinhardt, he was the guy who signed off on the warrant. He was elevated to magistrate judge in 2018. He represented a number of Epstein's employees. He represented Jeffrey Epstein's pilots, Jeffrey Epstein's scheduler. Apparently, the lady that was described as his Yugoslavian sex slave, Nadia Marcinkova, represented all of them. And... He signed off on this warrant. We know his kind of, I mean, he's got certain political leanings that are not ours. And so I just find it interesting that he's the guy who signs off on this. You know that Mayor Garland had to know. And then they go in and they take 15 boxes. They had already taken a number of um, boxes prior, like a year earlier. 
that had been given over to them. I guess that's not they, they didn't have enough. They wanted more. So that was like evidence right there that Trump was already working with the, fed, the federal government on this. They didn't need to do this raid. This is so stupid. But they're trying to it's a fishing expedition for January 6th. This is exactly what it is. So the judge represented all of these Jeffrey Epstein associates. He's a dem. I don't know how much him being it. Well, maybe it matters. At this point, I mean, I just, it's just such a, a, a fecal show. I don't even know how else you, how, what else you would add to it. It is just insane. Who does this benefit? I mean, it's just going to blow up in their faces. This will blow up in Merrick Garland's faces. They're calling parents terrorists and they're raiding Trump's home for what? Nobody knows. I mean, they could have, you know, they can't let this go. I said on Jesse Waters last night, this is just nothing more than an extended tantrum from 2016. They can't let it go. They couldn't let it go when they impeached him. They couldn't let it go after Biden in 2020. They couldn't, couldn't let it go and just let him tweet and do whatever. They couldn't let it go. If they were worried about Trump, there was a lot of discussion as to whether or not momentum was moving away from him, but they couldn't let it go. And so they kept doing the J, the January 6th garbage. They couldn't let it go. And now they've made him the center of attention again. And everybody's rallying. I mean, surely they can see how obvious it is that their actions undermine what they want to do. For people who say that they're so, that he's like horrible and they're so scared of him. I've never seen media. I've never seen Democrats. I've never seen people work so hard to make a guy a front runner in my life. Pretty, pretty unbelievable. Now coming out, the Republican response. What this means and what comes next. Like I said, if there's not like something major from this evidence that comes out, if there's not an indictment, holy crap. That's all I'm going to say. It's a lot. With the recent rulings from the Supreme Court, it's worth mentioning that these wins didn't happen on their own. It took the support of companies like Patriot Mobile, who have passionately fought on behalf of the unborn and your constitutional rights. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider, and they've been on the front lines fighting for your values. This is why Patriot Mobile is different from every other provider out there. Inflation has made it really hard on many Americans, and thankfully, Patriot Mobile has plans for almost any budget, and they offer the same nationwide coverage as all the major carriers. So you get the same great service, plus the knowledge that your money is going to a company fighting for the sanctity of life, religious freedom, and the Second Amendment. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Use offer code Dana to get free activation. If you're a veteran or first responder, please let them know because they have special discounts just for you. Come join the movement and make the switch. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana, PatriotMobile.com slash Dana, or call 972-PATRIOT. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. This is absolutely hysterical. So the Denver Post has this story. You guys know Trey Parker and Matt Stone, right, from South Park. So they apparently were going to be doing a Casa Bonita, like actually open up. They were going to renovate the landmark Denver icon, Casa Bonita. And they said that It's been a year later, and they said it's been like a never-ending episode of Kitchen Nightmares. And so they can't 
They said that they're just on the struggle bus. They're having a lot of problems getting it done. They've been plagued by one thing after another, and they can't they can't get it done. So that's it's been a year. They've I mean it is a big facility though, right? So I mean I would imagine, and then you've had supply chain issues and all this stuff. But yeah, they said that they uh, they were hoping to reopen it like at least by now. That they got it from Summit Family Restaurants. They said that. The previous owners deferred maintenance in an almost super humid way. They didn't take care of anything. So that's what they... Ooh, boy. Uh, Also, more Americans want fewer people coming into the country. I mean, definitely illegally for the first time in 2014. Because the... the, It's been such a mess at the border. In fact, 38%. They want to reduce some of this by... By like 34%. That's kind of crazy. We've got Bo Snurdly, a.k.a. James Golden, joining me next on The Raid. You know that a lot of the media does not cover some of the most important news of the day. I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. In the latest episodes, I discuss how Joe Biden is losing support from his own party as Democrats are looking for a new 2024 nominee and how Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan could be starting unwanted trouble with China. Don't forget to download and subscribe to my daily No Chit Chat podcast. I don't talk about every single issue, just the ones you most need to know. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's Chapter and Verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. One thing I will note is this, a narrative that you're going to hear a lot from the right is um, the fact that, you know, that... Hillary Clinton mishandled classified information, something that, by the way, I criticized when she did, but her home was not raided. So you're going to start to see sort of this narrative pickup of how it's completely wrong, different treatment for him. And he loves to be the victim. That's something that he does very effectively. Um, and I would note OAN, um, an extremist right wing network, said this is war. They put out a statement saying that. And I think we need to be very careful in the next few days as this plays out and how we're talking about it. Um, And I would implore Republican leaders to as well. So that is one of the new conservative. They have two of them. Conservative. Gratuitous air quotes here. That was on The View talking about this yesterday, although I think she was on MSNBC. We've talked about her before on this program, but... You know, I kind of think that uh, that's those aren't the people that she needs to be lecturing. I mean, reacting to something that has been done to you a million times over, you're having a reaction. I wanted to talk to I, I wanted to talk to my friend and you know him. I only got to say his name one time. Everybody knows who he is. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, radio host and author uh, of, a, of an amazing book that you got to read if you haven't rush on the radio it's a fantastic book and i wanted to read uh, this tweet that he had yesterday before we start off because i saw this like right before i heard what she said and he said quote whatever you do please do not let this corrupt biden administration corrupt doj corrupt fbi trigger anyone into a response that can be used to push their liberal narratives they're intentionally trying to provoke american patriots my friend, Bo Snurdly, James Golden, so good to see you. That was such an astute observation. Welcome to the program. I, it's so good to have you, and thanks for joining us. Oh, Dana, what a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to see you and be with you. And congratulations. You're just kicking butt. 
You are you are the ultimate judge of this. I mean, you were part of the most successful radio show in American history, and you really you you helped invent this whole genre for everybody to feed their families. So we're grateful to you. So that that means a lot. I you this was such a great insight that you had because it seemed weird it seemed so theatrical for purpose didn't it what did you what did you first think when you when the news broke and you got these you know you see the weird grainy images of mar-a-lago across the water and they're saying the fbi's there they've raided it they busted into a safe that seemed really over the top for what this is all of this seems over the top you know even megan mccain even megan mccain has been critical of this FBI raid. And you have Democrats, some of them, who are not afraid to be questioning, what is this about? They better talk, they better tell us pretty soon. And of course, you now have an almost united Republican Party, except for the two that you mentioned on The View, as you say in air quotes, (laughs) Republicans. But uh, so this does not make sense on a few levels. For the... We have known about the so-called classified information that President Trump supposedly had at Mar-a-Lago for months now. Why now? So why would they do this now? Secondly, is it necessary to do this kind of raid? Why couldn't they just contact lawyers, arrange for a time to be there and be there? This is just so extraordinary what they've done. And it's, of course, unprecedented. And yes, I think we we ought to not be provoked by these people. Already, there was a spontaneous gathering outside Mar-a-Lago. Can you just imagine what will happen if there are some infiltrators who begin to start a riot scene? And where is the narrative going to go with this? Yeah. These people are devious. They will do anything. And obviously, we know what the end game here. The end game is to try to find some justifiable reason to prevent Donald Trump from running in 2024. Yeah. They're trying to stack up some charges on him, gratuitous, phony or not. There's no question that this FBI is corrupt. There's no question in anyone that looks at the at the behavior of the DOJ and the FBI over the Obama administration into the Trump administration and then now. There should be no question that we're dealing with corrupt actors in the FBI and DOJ. Christopher Ray to me is useless. Mm. He never answers questions directly about why they have failed to hold Democrats accountable and and the questions that he should be answering. Why FBI agents who tried to participate in the Russian hoax have not been totally cleansed from the FBI's operation. In fact, Andrew McCabe was rewarded. Right. Pretty much. Yeah, so, the, it's been wrist slaps for anybody, for everybody all around. I, we're, we're talking with our, our good friend James Golden, also known as Bo Snerdly. This, um, the, I, the, the story of the classified information, we were talking to Andy McCarthy a little earlier, and he made the point that we, we're assuming, too, that it's all classified. I mean, you know, who knows what they what they use when they pu- fill out their warrant application? That hasn't even been made public yet. And I think, you know, obviously that'll, that'll put a, a, a lot of insight in this. But he had the, you know, he has the ability to declassify things during his term as president. We, we don't know if it was just declassified or classified material. Some people were giving the, and I'm sure you saw this, they were giving the example of, well, you know, Sandy Berger also had classified material and he was arrested. Sandy Berger walked into the, the National Archives. You remember the story? I remember y'all talking yeah. about it. He I'll shoved this stuff down his pants. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous. 
Sandy Burglar is what we used to call <laughs> Yes. I remember oh, yeah. that. Oh, my gosh. The reaction. Shoved it, he shoved it in his socks and down his pants and then kind of shuffled out of the, the archives, right. thinking nobody's going to know what happened. They don't have cameras in there. I mean, it's just the National Archives. But what do these people really want besides that? They would love to see the American right fall into the narrative that they've been talking all these bunch of, of radical extremists who are violent, when in fact... The most violent faction in American politics is the left with Antifa and the rest of their left-wing loonies that they never hold. I mean, Dana, these are people who burn cities, who tort cities for months at a time and are never held accountable for it. And yet we get this narrative that it's the right wing somehow that are going to explode in fury and become and try to take over the capital of the United States and try to an insurrection, Mm. you know, which is... Anybody that saw this live, by the way, on January 6th, yeah. should have a lot of questions that have not been resolved with this phony commission. Yeah. Like, why were the doors open for these people? Why was it like, breached was before the before Trump was even done? I mean, there were people who got in before he would. How could he? It just doesn't make sense. You're right. Yeah. And so you have this this faction. They would love to once again, before the midterm elections, have a narrative that Republicans are trying to as they continue to say destroy our democracy well we're a republic number one but but try to destroy our democracy which is not happening so i would urge republicans if you decide to be on the streets you better be very careful these yeah. people are going to try to do everything they can to disparage you to make sure that you get caught up into something that you can't get out of and look at the way they've treated these january six people locked in solitary confinement in, in poor conditions in, in prison and held longer than the average murderer is held in New York. Yeah. So be careful. Out yeah, there. that's and that's a great point. I mean, the stuff that they've had uh, that they, they've endured and how long they've been incarcerated and then the the penalties that they get. I saw somebody got like five years for unlawful parading, which I didn't even know was was actually a thing. That's very that's very stunning. That we're, we're talking with our friend James Golden. You know him also as Bo Snerdly, uh, author of Rush on the Radio and a part of, you know, one of the most, uh, the most historical, groundbreaking radio shows that invented a whole genre uh, for over 30 years. This is how they get more Trump. This is what, this is the gamble that I don't understand. Because you have, obviously Merrick Garland knew about this and signed that weasel. That man is a weasel. He signed off on this. He knew he knew all this was coming. I love it how they got Ray who leaves town, goes on vacation. Biden goes to Kentucky and then he's heading to South Carolina for two weeks, coughing on everybody on vacation. So they get out of Dodge. All this goes down. If they didn't want more Trump doing something like this, getting this far over their skis and gambling like this, this is how they get more Trump, right? This is, they have united factions of the Republican Party that I never thought could be united. <laughs> there are never Trumpers. There are people who are openly never Trumpers who are saying, this is wrong. How dare you do this? <laughs> I, know, I mean, again, Megan McCain. Andrew Cuomo. As Andrew Cuomo, critical of this. We, this is so unexpected. And if you think Donald Trump is not going to understand how to exploit what has happened here politically, he has already released an advertisement basically decrying mm-hmm. the decline of America into this third world nation. And these are, these are you hear this phrase over and over again over the lab between last night and today, 
that America is turning into a banana republic, a third world banana republic, that this is the kind of thing you would expect. I was talking with, um, with a doctor this morning who said this is sort of like what it was when we used to look at the Soviet Union mm. and what we thought yeah. of the Soviet Union. That's what's happening inside the United States today. And for many people, it's unbelievable. So I think that this, if they, the Democrats usually do something that is politically untenable. They overextend their hand. They overextend their mandate. And they have this, I'm hoping that they've stepped in the biggest pile of it in political history man i hope so too last question for you my friend talking with james golden or also known as post nerdly i gotta say both i mean i mean i call you james that's how i would refer to you jamesgolden.com you know he got his he's got his his own talk radio show as well and he's got his newsletter he's got his book he's both nerdly on twitter this made me think when i saw this story the very uncomfortable uh timeline right after democrats passed this tax bill where they got 87,000 IRS agents and then they're going to raid this dude over the for a former president of the United States over just something it seems like they could have at least maybe subpoenaed him first they did with Hillary Clinton they never raided her for all the times Trump said lock her up he never raided her uh what how does that make you feel knowing if they can do something like this to the president of the United States now they got 80, they're going to have 87,000 IRS agents and a whole other kind of little army going out there. I just feel a little weird about this, James. What about you? You opened your 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 segment here by saying there's a two-tier justice system. I think right now they've proven it beyond belief to many American people. And this is a very dangerous moment for them mm. because even people on the left, some of them respect the rule of law. And they may have crossed a a bridge too far here. They have put this country in danger by doing this. They have destroyed the fabric of America. And it's it's up to us to build it back. Because apparently these people have no respect for the law, no respect for equal justice under the law. And it's up to us to put back and return this country to what it should be. There you go, right there, jamesgolden.com. And you can find him at Bo Snurdly on Twitter, author of Rush on the Radio. My friend, that was so insightful. And you, I think you, a lot of people saw that. You, you inspired a lot of people to kind of just take it down a notch, be calm and cool. Cool, calm people figure their way out of any situation. I always appreciate your insight and uh, everything that you've done for, this, for just free speech. God bless you, my friend. Dana, you're carrying the torch, and I love you. Thank you, Thank my you. friend. Thank you so much. We'll talk again soon. As James Golden, Bo Snurdly, the book Rush on the Radio. You got it's a must read. It's just it's a, a just an absolutely amazing book. I love it and I love his insight. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. Okay, I got to get this first one here. This um, comes. This is the Pinellas Pinellas County Sheriff, a Florida man is on their Facebook page, who is caught in the act of smoking meth, told <laughs> told cops not to worry about it because, quote, it's legal now, end quote. It is? <laughs> Enzo Cardoza was 31 years old, was caught by officers in St. Petersburg, literally with a glass pipe in his lips, or to his lips, and he was trying to light the contents on it, inside, or inside of it, and... The police literally saw him do this. 
And he, they, had, according to the affidavit, they tried to, they, they attempted to talk to him, but then began walking away. And then he just kept saying, "This is legal now. Meth is legal." He, that's, and he didn't have any answers as to when legislators legalized the meth. And no, in Florida, methamphetamine and the possession of it is still a crime, which means it's not legal. They obtained the pipe. A field test returned positive for meth. And so he was totally busted on felony drug possession, misdemeanor kind of resisting police. And he was booked into the Pinellas County Jail on a uh, $2,000 bond. So he's got an extensive, as you can imagine, criminal history, Mr. Cardoza, multiple convictions of narcotics possession, disorderly conduct, assault, obstruction of justice, trespassing, all kinds of stuff. But it is most certainly not legal. A Florida Keys couple attacked a tourist for snorkeling too close to their dock, say deputies. This comes by way of local 10 news. Marathon, Florida, a Florida Keys couple beat a man until he was bleeding. They attacked him for snorkeling close to their waterfront property near Marathon, according to Monroe County Sheriff's deputies. The victim's relatives, they were in a boat about 25 yards from shore, said that Katia de Oliveira armed herself with a fishing rod and her husband, Paulo, used a pole, some kind of pole. They found the 36-year-old man from St. Petersburg bleeding profusely from the head. He said that the couple argued with him about his right to snorkel near their dock. The victim said he refused to leave and they attacked him. He was treated <laughs> He was treated at Baptist Health Fisherman's Community Hospital, say deputies. I mean, was he trying to be, I don't know. I mean, don't beat people with poles by the docks, but I can't believe this is something I gotta say. Was he was he being a jerk? I don't know. Because you can I mean, some of these keys, you know, you can go in these waterways behind and that might seem like I'm not I don't know. I don't even care. They're they're on a battery They're They got booked on aggravated battery. I just can't. I mean, I'm not even going to try to I ain't going to try to unpack that. A Florida man stole construction equipment, Fox uh, 35 in Orlando and went on a joy ride. This is when I feel like we need some fog hat. He left a path of destruction, say deputies. This is the second time this year. This is a new story, too, because I had one in January. This is a brand new one. A homeless Florida man stole all kinds of stuff from a construction site and uh, was apparently driving one of their machines down the road, left at just, he ran over two fire hydrants, all kinds of stuff. $10,000 plus damage. Stay with us. Not denying an allegation hurt a brand, even if not found guilty or actually being acquitted of those charges? Always. I think the, the, the mere accusation itself is what can be extraordinarily damaging. And again, that's what Professor Dershowitz mm. is arguing. I- that's a very interesting bit of flashback audio there. Welcome back to the program. Top of our third hour. Dana Lash here with you. You can find my newsletter, Chapter and Verse, over at Substack. This audio, the person that you just heard say that, the mere accusation is damaging itself. That's from Bruce Reinhardt. He's the judge who signed off on the warrant to raid Mar-a-Lago. And I find that interesting for a number of reasons because he's and he was talking about a completely separate case. But the mere accusation, even if. Because I said previously. You they better walk away after raiding Mar-a-Lago. They, they need to walk away with something huge or an indictment or something. Otherwise, dang, is this going to blow up in their faces. You can't just do this as a theatrical 
stunt to seed the public for this optic. You can't. Oh, well, the accusation itself, maybe there was something there. It reminds me, and I'm going to get into, a. we have other things I'm going to hit, but I wanted to, this reminds me of uh, Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail, 72. And that's when Hunter S. Thompson went on the road to write about, it was a serialized account of, for Rolling Stone, of George McGovern's failed presidential bid. And he was talking in one particular part of it. Thompson was writing about George McGovern's hatred of dirty politics. And I've heard this story. I've heard other stories, not from Thompson, but similar to this. Because LBJ, Lyndon Burr Johnson, Lyndon Johnson was a horrifically dirty politician. And he was writing about, Thompson wrote about this famous story of how Lyndon Johnson at one point, on purpose, created this ridiculous rumor about an opponent. And he wrote this, quote, This is one of the oldest and most effective tricks in politics. Every hack in the business has used it in times of trouble. And it has even been elevated to the level of political mythology in a story about one of Lyndon Johnson's early campaigns in Texas. He says the race was close and Johnson was getting worried. Finally, he told his campaign manager to start a massive rumor campaign about his opponent's lifelong habit of enjoying carnal knowledge of his barnyard sows. The manager said, geez, we can't get away with calling him a pig blinker. The campaign manager protested. Nobody's going to believe a thing like that. I know, Johnson replied, but let's make the SOB deny it. And that's the point. So McGovern, during this, he brought this up to highlight how they were going after McGovern as this acid amnesty and abortion candidate. And he just couldn't, you know, it was very alliterative. He had no way to push back on that. It was, cle- it was just clever and it stuck. And he got defeated by Nixon in this big landslide. He only won, I think he only walked away with uh, like two states or something, one state. So that's part of dirty politics. You just make it stick. You just, you just get him to deny it. That's all you do is you just make him deny it. They've done that to Trump for so long. They really have. So we don't have, like, for instance, we don't know anything about the warrant. All these people are just, oh, these classified. These people know not a damn thing. They know nothing. You don't even know if it was, you know, entirely classified or unclassified. Nobody knows anything. Because nobody has the warrant. They need to make it public. If they have nothing to worry about, they should make it public, right? But this idea that this is like you know commonplace is so stupid it's not this this is like your neighbor borrowing your weed eater and then you swatting his house because he forgot to give it back to you you know there's there's so many other ways to do this besides raiding someone's house oh by the way you know the huge the new thing too by the way uh, the people who called a riot an insurrection are super sensitive about you calling a raid a raid. Have you noticed this? I've seen this all over social media now. They're go- they keep going, oh man, it's like everywhere, all the MSNBC stuff. They're saying, oh, it's not, this, stop calling it a raid. 
Stop calling it a raid. That's what they keep saying over and over again. Stop calling it a raid. But it was a raid. What else? Are, what else is it? What else is it? It's a raid. Nothing else. So this, um, I'm just like, I'm just looking over all this stuff. It's pretty amazing. I, and it, and it was a raid. That's it, by the way. It was an absolute raid. Total raid. They sent in, they took, they got into a safe for crying out loud. How's it not a raid? You, sh- you bring a bunch of dudes to s- somebody's house and you storm it in. You storm in the house and you crack open the safe and you find nothing there. I mean, it's a raid for crying out loud. I, one comment, too, on that uh, audio that we played of uh, Alyssa Farah. You want to talk about nepotism and conservative politics? Just saying. She had said all oh, the inflammatory rhetoric coming from some on the right is frightening. Elected officials need to tone down the rhetoric and let fa- facts play out. Now, I think that on the right, I think cooler heads need to prevail. But is this more or less inflammatory than some of the offenses that have been perpetuated upon the American people by the very agencies they're criticizing? I mean, think of the IRS targeting and the FBI, all of the previous FBI abuses and the FISA abuses. I mean, for crying out loud, the idea that any kind of criticism, even angrily and deservedly so, is inflammatory. What's inflammatory is a FISA court spying on people and engaging in political targeting. What's inflammatory is the FBI now getting involved in two presidential elections and trying to make it a third. What's inflammatory is is the deep state actions against average everyday people. What's inflammatory is the same people, the same DOJ who had advanced knowledge, and you know they did, it had to go all the way up with this judge, Breinhardt, Calling parents domestic terrorists because they're criticizing Biden uh, Department of Education policies in their school systems. I mean, there's a lot of I mean, if we want to have a discussion about what is inflammatory, the inflammatory rhetoric isn't the response coming from the taxpaying citizens. The inflammatory rhetoric is the accusations of terrorism and the accusations of fascism and the accusations of Nazism. That's not just coming from Democrat pundits on little watched MSNBC or CNN. It's coming from people who are in elected positions, people who are supposed to be stewards, good, accountable stewards of the power invested in them by the vote or by consent of the people that's inflammatory criticism is not inflammatory rhetoric calling people like the FISA judges and the FBI agents that edited emails remote literally I mean this is not speculation this is not just like punditry crap to fill up broadcast airtime these are facts a guy was convicted for this there's an inspector general report out about this Bill Barr who's not even friends with Donald Trump has confirmed this and discussed it ad nauseum What they did was not just inflammatory rhetoric towards the American people and citizens. It was inflammatory action against the American people and citizenry. They want you to feel like you can't respond because this is emotional abuse. We are in an abusive relationship with our government. It is absolutely not inflammatory. People like these, you know, broads on The View... They would have been out there throwing themselves in front of the Redcoats at Lexington and Concord. Inflammatory rhetoric. They would have said that John Adams engaged in inflammatory rhetoric. They would have said that Sam Adams engaged in inflammatory rhetoric. That Paul Revere, the committees of correspondence, 
It doesn't matter. At any point in American history, you can always find those people who are happy to make easy the tyrants that would subjugate us because it gives them a little bit of power and influence. That's not a trade. That's prostitution, just for the record. Now, this whole thing, I like to keep a cool, calm head. But you are allowed your angry, righteous indignation. You're not only allowed it. It's not just your right. It's your obligation. As the citizenry, as the American people, we not only have the right, but we have the responsibility of criticizing those people In these unaccountable positions, this bureaucratic class who have carried out these offenses against the American people. I've seen a lot of discussion about whether or not the Rubicon has been crossed. Have you seen that? Has the Rubicon been crossed? Has it been, is it, is, are we, are we past the point of no return. That was a phrase from Caesar's time. It had to do with this area, this, this, this river that if you, it was like in the, the Roman era, was the boundary between two provinces. Oh, if you cross this area, if you send, if you send troops into this area, you're breaking the law and you are unable at that point to walk away from conflict. Have we crossed the Rubicon? I keep hearing this over and over again. I think the United States is very unique by way of our being a republic. You know, the founders were so unbelievably smart in making everything so decentralized. That's why I'm hostile to the idea of consolidating everything in D.C. Because if it's all decentralized in all these 50 states, if you're going to be a tyrant, then by God, you've got to work really, really hard. And you've got to not only be a tyrant in Washington, D.C., but you have to expand that tyranny to every single state and every single district and every single county. It was very smart to have it so decentralized. If every single country or every single state in the country thought like California or behaved like New York, I might say that we have. But I don't think we have yet. Now, that's not to say that we, we won't ever. And it's not to say that we won't even in a generation. Freedom's only one generation away. You know, losing it's one generation away. You got to vote. I also think, too, that there's this mischievous Machiavellian intent to get people to think, especially on the right, that their vote doesn't matter like the Democrats did. I think Democrats did this in Georgia. You had that one Democrat who decided to become a Republican very conveniently, and then he just disappeared into the ether. No one ever heard from him again. You know that guy? He had like that, that super white hair. He looked like a character in Ozark. He was out there telling everybody not to vote. Not to vote. Yeah. And look out. Look what happened in the special election. People didn't come out to vote. They were convinced that they were being robbed. I mean, if Democrats can't rob you, the next best thing is to convince you that you are being robbed and then you then by way of robbing yourself, you don't vote and you don't advance your agenda. So that means everybody better be. We're not past the Rubicon. We're not past the Rubicon until people 
of good sense with a thirst for freedom refuse to go canvas until they refuse to go and put in as much work in the street as they do on Twitter and Facebook. We're not past the Rubicon then. We're not past the Rubicon until the people who can save the Republic give up on the Republic. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. All right, so apparently the Pogues bass player, Daryl Hunt, has passed away at age 72. That's uh, the London Irish band paid tribute to him, saying they were saddened beyond words. And uh, they posted the lyrics of their song, Love You to the End, which he wrote. And that's an absolutely amazing, beautiful song. So, oh my gosh, crazy. Is that the rule of three now? We got the McCullough, we've got, uh, uh, yeah, Olivia Newton-John, and then no more. Let's not have any more now. Let's stop. Okay, let's not get too crazy here, 2022. Uh, Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, and other Democrats are demanding that inmates must now be called incarcerated person. I mean, I would say you could just call them, if you're that sensitive, people locked the blank up, but, you know... Yeah, how about criminals? How I mean, geez. Well, I'm so glad they got everything solved up there. I mean, it's just it's just management of stupidity. That's all these that's all this is. It's so just telling you. Uh also oh, here I got this. An elderly woman, 80 years old, who has attended a YMCA pool for 35 years is banned because she demanded that a man who identifies as transgender and wants to be a woman who is in the locker room, she demands that this man leave. He said she says that he she observed him in the women's locker room and watching little girls pulling down their suits. Julie Jamin, 80 years old, the Mountain View pool in the city of Port Townsend, Washington state. They banned her. What? They banned her, apparently. You know, because it's the patriarchy and all the progressive patriarchy. We got more in store. Don't go anywhere. More of The Dana Show next. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's The Dana Show. Senate Republican Chuck Grassley recently came forward and confirmed that several FBI whistleblowers had come to him, alleging that there had been an effort within the bureau to downplay or discredit negative information about Hunter Biden. What's your assessment of the situation now? Is it time for a special counsel? Yes. So I I said publicly that I think probably it's uh, time for Merrick Garland to uh, give the current U.S. attorney in Delaware, the protections of the special and the authority of a special counsel under. The so he says we need a special counsel. We should have the fact that we're doing all of this and you don't even or that we that they're doing all of this and you don't even have like a. That, you know, a special counsel is kind of crazy, I think. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. I want to play this too. audio some by 12. This is flashback from Chuck Schumer. This is. 2017 now hold up this was when wasn't this the one of the this was the first fight one of the first big fights that trump had i think with fbi now i i just want to lay the land here 2017 chuck schumer what was happening think about what was happening with intel agencies at the time 2017 listen to this You take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So Hmm. even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do that. Hmm. But they they were targeting him. He's being dumb to do that? 
That's not a thing to brag about. Your intel agencies have six ways from Sunday to getting back at you. Why is that something to brag about? They work for you. They work for you. Why is that something to brag about? They're supposed to work for you. It's not something that that you're the agencies that are invested with the authority of the people consent of the people are not supposed to be working against the people and they have forgotten their role. They have absolutely forgotten their roles. They have six ways from Sunday getting back. It's nothing to brag about there, Castro. It's nothing to brag about. I, I, it's, it's, it's amazing how they think that's okay. Now, remember what was happening at that time in 2017. Remember? That's when you had the FBI editing emails, removing exculpatory information from the CIA who had, who said, no, Carter Page is literally an asset, a CIA asset against Russia. Oh, but my gosh, Kevin Kleinsmith. That, that hurt the narrative that Carter Page was a stooge for Russia and they were using that as the way to go through and get Trump. Here's, that's what was happening the time this was going on. So a corrupt leadership in this bureaucracy, they lied, they falsified information and used it as probable cause in four separate warrants to go after people. That's just what we know of. That's just what was made available in YIG reports. They did all of this at this exact time. That was what was going on in 2017. Oh, they have six ways from Sunday getting back at you, you know. They were lying. They were they were laundering information through the press and taking those stories that were written that were linked by Fusion GPS. This is, let me make this point too. I don't give a rat's ass if you like Trump or not. I don't care. I don't care if you like him. I don't care if you like his policies. I don't care if you hate his guts. I don't care if you hate his family's guts and his dog's guts if he's got dogs. I don't care. I don't care what you think of him. If you are so partisan and so disfigured in principle, by your petty political obsessions that you can't recognize the danger that has been established as precedent with this. You're no better than what you hate. In fact, you're worse. Democrats do all this stuff and they don't realize what would happen if someone, say that there's a, you know, a Republican that really wanted to settle scores, got into office. I know some. That's why you and and the you know what I that I know things about them because I'm critical of them. <laughs> I'm not critical of people for no reason. There's you could have and I I say this kind of jokingly, kind of. But ultimate power, absolute power corrupts absolutely. I'm telling oh hell yes, I would completely go after someone. That's why I'm like I should not I should not win that billion dollar lottery thing, Kane. Because I will engage everyone I hate into lawfare that will cost them everything they own, everything their children owns, everything their grandchildren owns. I am petty and vengeful. It's not, these are not good things. They're not good traits. Don't laugh and act like I'm being tough because I'm not. It's, it's actually sad. It's a, it's a flaw. Okay. 
but I'm admitting it. I'm being honest with you. You do not want someone like me getting into this upper echelon of office. Oh, I will completely go at somebody. Oh, I will so abuse my authority. It's not even funny. I, I, that's why I don't want me in office. And I wouldn't honestly want a voter that would have me to be, to be just forthright about it. I really don't. You, some people are like, when are you going to run for office? Oh, gosh, please get better judgment. No, you don't want me. <laughs> but think about it. What if you get somebody like that? You get a Gladriel. They give her the one ring and she just turns around and fries the hell out of the Shire. I mean, why why do Democrats don't think like they didn't think with Harry Reid and the filibuster? What do you people think you're doing? There are Republicans out there who are like, well, it's okay because they did it. That makes it constitutional because of the precedent. They did it. That's the new president. It means I can do it. It doesn't, but that becomes the argument. Don't act. I'm not being mean to my side. I'm being honest about human frailty. Nobody's, nobody's infallible. I'm being honest about this. It has nothing to do at that point with political sides. It has to do with everything of human pettiness. They don't think about this. Not at all. It's just the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Golly, can you imagine? Oh, man, I'd be wiretapping some people. <laughs> Kane laughs, but he laughs because he knows. I mean, there's some things are funny because there's some truth in it. That's why he's laughing because he knows this. I support you winning the lottery, though. And anybody who comes after you, you're able to just bury financially. Oh, man. Legal system. Right. That for me, I think I can support. Dude, right. I mean, I would be so irresponsible. I mean, I would donate, you know, to like, you know, churches and all that stuff and, and animal me? shelters and, you know, kids and, and all that. I feel fund. like Steve Martin with the Christmas list. The first thing I would do is all the children of the world Then I would sue the living hell out of everyone that I hated, <laughs> you know, I on some little? bunk thing. I wouldn't get anything. You huh? wouldn't give me anything? No, I'm just ta- I'm talking about like Steve Martin. I'd I give Kane some to shut him I'm, up. I'm more curious about <sighs> me, though. Kane only cares about him. You see what I mean, though? Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Kane would be right there. He would be right there. I'll file a brief. This is, they, they, it is so dangerous. Now, I also, one of my friends, <clears throat> excuse me, he's an attorney. He said, don't anything, don't say anything in public that would make you ineligible for the jury pool. <laughs> I'm like, that's actually really smart. We just, we need to be smart about things. We really have to be smart with stuff. Now, do not misinterpret me. Oh, please, do not misinterpret me. Being smart about stuff isn't about weakness. It's not weakness to say, be smart about it. It's not weakness to, you know, Wait for the right time. There was a film. I do not recommend it. It was actually horrible, except for Tom Holland and Robert Pattinson's actually as a British man did a really good Southern, you know, like Appalachia accent. Other than that, it was a garbage movie. Riley Keough is a good actor. Other than that, it was garbage. I can't remember what it was. Something evil. And it was about Tom Holland's character and his family and all the stuff that they went through. And when he was a boy and uh, who was it? The guy who played it. Uh, was his dad in the movie. You know what I'm talking about? He was real good in it, too. He got crazy eyes, man. He's a good good actor. But the story starts with Tom Holland as a boy. And he's getting picked on at school. And they're, they're in, I want to say, uh, they're somewhere in, in 
like um, uh, Appalachia. No, I take that back. Like Southern Ohio, I think. Yeah, Skarsgård. Uh, not Bill Skarsgård. That's his dad. Anyway. Oh, no, maybe that is him. Bill Skarsgård. Anyway. That's not important. The important thing is this. The story. Tom Holland. In the story, he's a, it starts as him. A bo- he's a boy. And his dad, played by Skarsgård, notices that he's getting picked on at school. He comes home with black eyes. And he's a little elementary school kid. So what's the dad do? The dad's like, look, you got to wait and you know, bide your time, all this stuff. The dad's wife is a beautiful woman and, you know, the, the mom and the family, she's a beautiful woman. And when she's, you know, like out people, some of the guys make very crude and lewd comments about her. And at one point they're in the woods uh, and they're hunting or something. They come across two guys going back to their vehicle and the guys like in front of the dad joke about raping his wife. And the dad, him and his son are actually having a prayer in the woods. And the dad's like, no, 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 this, this is the Lord's time and you don't do anything till later. And then later on, the dad's like, hey, son, you want to go for a ride? Come on, hop in the truck. Let's go for a ride. The son's like, yeah, dad, let's go for a ride. Gets in. And the dad goes to these dudes' houses. He gets out and beats the living hell out of these men because they were talking about raping his wife in a very serious fashion. Beats the ever-loving snot out of these dudes in front of his son. Just about near strangle someone to death. He gets in and he's like, you got to wait for the right time. Someone's going to say, Dana's calling for violence. Shut up. I'm telling you about a movie. His dad was like, you got to wait for the right time. So when you hear me say, cooler heads prevail and keep your wits about you, I say it for a reason. There are people out there who are mischievous enough. They want to get you all riled up. They want to get you saying stuff so that they can use you as a free ad. Do not let yourself get used. I know I tell people don't bend a knee, but also don't take the bait. Let them deal. Let them do them. You keep your eyes on the prize. So you let them do their stupid stuff and you can have righteous indignation. That's that's way different. You can be angry and you can angrily protest and you can be righteously and angrily indignant. But remember when it's time and that's. For elections, because that's what makes us different. And don't say that elections don't matter. People died for them to matter. People and a lot of y'all who are listening to the show across the country or watching the simulcast, you have family that have bled. I have. I have family that bled for that to matter. You have people in your family that died for you to not ever know anything but the peace that a republic brings. So you take advantage of that. And when it's time, you push. And you hold people, the people who are silent, the people who are hedging their bets to see if it's going to cost them too much political capital to do the right thing. Because see, it doesn't matter what you think of Trump. That should have no bearing on what you think of the Constitution. A lot of the left out there, their view of the Constitution is dependent upon the party of the person in the White House. That's not a measure of a patriot. It's a measure of a partisan. Don't be those people. And when it comes time, don't let Democrats play you. Don't take the bait. Don't let them convince you that your vote is irrelevant. 
because they can't steal everything across the country. But they can if they can convince you otherwise. And then by way of just not even going to the polls, they're successful. So don't bend the knee and don't take the bait. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Bases like a billion, $200 million infrastructure project. Like what we're doing today, what we passed yesterday. Helping take care of everything from health care to God knows what else. It's the God knows what else act, guys. Yay, they passed the, so it's the God knows what else act. Yeah, that was Biden yesterday. He's coughing on everything and coughing on the coughs and stuff. Oh, and then he also added this, audio sound by three. Sorry, I might be playing this for it from you. I just. This happened in America. America. American problem. America. And we're all Americans. Everybody Americans. has an obligation to help. We have the capacity, capacity to do this. Do this. It's not like it's beyond our control. The weather may be beyond our control for now, but it's not beyond our control. What? Wait. It, the weather may be on our control for now, but it's not beyond our control. Uh. <laughs> See a magician? I can control the weather now. Where's the coughing thing? Oh my gosh. Audio somebody 17. Just going to dump this here. <laughs> we know there are those who focus more on seeking That's power and securing the future. Excuse me. <laughs> and securing oh. the future. I, I feel bad. I don't feel bad. Wait a minute. Hold up. I don't feel I'm going to be real. I'm not just saying that. Uh, I would totally abuse my authority and I don't feel bad. I do not want him to be sick. I don't want anybody to be sick. But I just not the best look. You know what I'm saying? I've had a COVID for 16 days. <laughs> Super spreading it right now. My, come here. Give me <laughs> cough at you. I'm cough in my hand and shake your hand. I'm going to shake all your hands. <laughs> I would shake hands with the air if I need to. Did you see when Schumer shook everyone's hand? He shook Biden's hand first, then he shook everyone else's hand, and Biden's like, I get two handshakes. <laughs> He's like, he thought he got two. Go ahead, Kane, today's stupid. All right, two days in a row at Speaker Pelosi uh, on China, believe yeah. it or not. Listen okay. to what she says yeah. here. China is one of the freest societies what? in the world. Oh, Don't what? take it from what? me. That's from Freedom House. Oh. Okay. You mean like free as in they like kill your I'm dogs not... when they force you to go into quarantine because you got the woo flu? Yeah, they kill dogs on camera. Or Freedom House. That they're Sounds the society. so free. So <laughs> stupid. Oh, my gosh. Folks, that does it for us this Tuesday, and you know tomorrow I'll be back with you as well. Make sure you sign up. Chapter and verse the newsletter over at Substack. And remember, you don't have to bend the knee. In fact, don't ever do it. But also, don't take that bait. Back with you tomorrow. <laughs>